podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our Memorial Day sale, save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, Queen Now $17.99, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast. Five minutes late, Owen Conway is going to tell me more on me. Um, with me tonight, I have got Keith, Shawnee and Grizz, the A-team, as we're now known, and you may have seen across Twitter. Um, thanks to Ray Brady for that picture earlier. Um, tonight on the show, we're going to discuss, we're going to discuss um, obviously Liverpool 2, Sheffield United 1. Um, VAR is still an absolute disgrace. Uh, Bobby Firmino's on the score. She got the score and Salah was denied a brilliant, brilliant goal. And... Um, People are falling out of love with football as it stands now because it's it's getting ridiculous, isn't it? You can't even celebrate anymore. We'll get on to that a little bit, little bit later. Um, we also have um, the book from The Athletic at the end of the storm to give away our last copy. Uh, William McCluskey has won one. Aidan has won one. And uh, we're going to give one away um, later on. I've asked Grizz a question um, just before we come on. He's given me an answer. And whoever can match that answer will win. Um, it's got to do with his cricket career. Which oh, is, is that what you meant? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's about Grizz's cricket career. So, um, yeah, you, you'll need some guessing um, later well, on. Uh, yeah. Mm, so, yeah. One of my, if any of my schoolmates are in the chat, then they might know. Oh, yeah. The answer. So, so this, you, might get, you might get caught out here. How many yeah. first class entries did Grizz get? <laughs> yeah. 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 Something, something close Grizz, to that. Don't be lying. You didn't have mates uh-huh. in school. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's too busy down the park under trees reading books. I'd blow Um Let's get to it, lads. Let's get to it. Um, Liverpool went into this game against Sheffield United after watching Man City drop points, um, hoping that Everton won, and he did. And, um, of course, uh, Villa, the best team in the world, were dispatched by Leeds on Friday night. So it was, it was walking out. Of, of course, United had drawn with Chelsea as well in an absolute tortured game of football. But it was walking out on a nice weekend, even this early in the season, for Liverpool to put three points on the board. And, you know, get back to get back to the way we, we usually are. Shawnee, got to come to you first because... When you see those results materialising and you see the news coming through um, well in advance of, of the team announcement that Alisson could be back, the nerves seemed to set in for a lot, didn't they? Yeah, it was going like a troll back to not quite last year because we ran away with it, but the year before when someone dropped points, you had to be on it straight away and put two on Man City because, look, I know you mentioned the host of other teams in the, in the opening there, but... We should really be only focused on City, in my opinion. I still think there's a lot being made about how strange this season is. Look, we're six games in. The, the table won't look normal until till December. I heard um, I heard Ryan Giggs talking about it on the Premier League show and Pat, Patrice Everett said the exact same thing. He says, we wouldn't really take any notice of the Premier League table until 
we knew we were finished the Champions League group stages and then we kind of seen where we were. But yeah, um, pressure was definitely on after Man City again failed to dig one out. And then we go and put two on them yesterday with um, a grinder, a grinder of a three points against Sheffield United. And it's good to see that we can still do that, minus Virgil, because this seems to be the... Um, the narrative now that they're trying to drum up is, uh, will Liverpool be as solid and as, uh, will the mentality be there without a leader like Van G- uh, Virgil van Dijk at the back? And looking at when last Wednesday's evidence and yesterday's evidence, the the answer is early doors, early doors, but it's definitely yes. Yeah, it is, and you know, a grinding result is is, is a very good way of putting. It, I think um, if you are obviously you're in, you're watching, you're on YouTube. Please like, please. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. We're not far off six thousand subscribers, and then um, we we'll do some sort of giveaway for that as well. So get us to six thousand, and then we'll we'll give you a chance to win some stuff. We don't know what it is yet, but it's definitely not going to involve golf balls. So I can guarantee it. <laughs> um, that's haunted me for a long, long time. Um, Chris. You said to me yesterday at one stage, very nervous, felt it was a huge game. Um, even as the, you know, the, the, what, the sixth league game of the season. Um, you were like, no, this is absolutely massive. You know, with, with the way things have fallen, Allison coming back, you know, a chance to, a chance to get build on, on Ajax during the weekend. You know, when you look at the team, Grizz, I'm, everyone kind of knew from, from well out, well out from, you know, it wasn't the kind of case of, oh, seven o'clock, big surprise. Everyone kind of knew. Did, did the lineup make you more nervous, Chris, or did it make that nervousness go away and make you a little bit more excited? It was a mixture in the end. I know I, t- I, know I text you, um, I'm very nervous, but it was a kind of, um, I think you misread my the context. So it gives me a chance to... Oh, that was you just that said I'm nervous. nervous. Yeah, but Keith, check this out, right? I text him, I'm nervous. He didn't respond in the, in the WhatsApp. He's responded now, like days later. Right, so I'm going to give him context now. So I, I did text you that, but what I'm, it was a good nervous kind of oh, excitement, okay. yeah, yeah, mixture, mixture. It was a mixture of nerves, you know, the, the usual jangling nerves before a big game. Because I really felt, and I agree, I, I, I did say about the big game. I thought it was massive, Gav. I thought it was, it was a throwback to to. I know Shawnee says not last season, but for me it was. Where, where week upon week we'd see City falter and then we'd play the day after or hours after and the pressure would be on us to produce and hammer down that advantage. And, and often we wouldn't play brilliant football that week, but we'd make sure we'd find a way to win. And I just knew after Champions League, after the Merseyside derby, the week that we've had hardly any training involved, I knew it's not going to be pretty. I knew we're not going to put on a shelter, so to speak. But I just wanted to see, as, um, as what, I can't remember who one of you said it, if we've got the character still and that hunger still to make sure we can do it regardless of all the adversity that we've gone, come through. Um, and that's why I just felt it was a huge win, Gav. Um, I just wanted to make sure because those are the, the these are the type of wins that just really demoralise as early as people say it is I don't want to give a bollocks the bigger the lead the, all we've got to do is keep increasing this lead over City that's my opinion as well exactly what Shawnee says forget all the pretenders it's City and us again 
And every time they mess up and we hammer that advantage hours or days afterwards, it kills them inside. And it strengthens our resolve. Now, our resolve, people have questioned, but my God, it showed yesterday. It really did. Um, James Doherty said Sheffield have more steel than the old factories they used to make them in. Uh, great result from LFC. I think that's a very fair point. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Morbid Angel uh, says, will you be talking about the links to Koundé, Kanati and Kabak for the January centre-back? We'll have a little chat about that later on before we finish, yeah, um, because uh, Upa Makano, I'm getting better at that. Um, yeah. Upa Makano has been they get used to it. as well. Um, Keith, the lineup. As everyone knows it now, but it, it was the shape more than anything else, you know. When news came out that Jota would play along with uh, Mane, Salah, uh, Firmino, everyone just shouted 4 2 3 1. It, yeah. do you, I'm, I'm a bit torn on this, Keith, because it's, it's, it's definitely something to make the opposition think, you know, because they're all planning meticulously down to the last detail for Liverpool with a 4 3 3. And how do we stop this? And how do we stop that? And how do we nullify the fullbacks? And that helps us in A, B, C, D, and E. And then a 4 2 3 1 has popped that chat, and it's like, what the fuck are they going to do here? Because they are committing an extra body. You know, com- Liverpool are committing an extra body for me forward. Um, most definitely forward, you know. Did you like it, Keith? Were you excited by it? Or as some thought, oh, are we panicking a bit here and changing, changing tactic? What were you like before the game? Because it was quite obvious what way we were going to go when you seen the lineup. Yeah, it was, I was excited, uh, to be honest. I felt. Maybe that we got a bit too predictable as the season went on last season and teams were starting to look to nullify us. And we spoke about this before, you know, cut off the supply from the wings and Liverpool were more or less done because the midfield wasn't the most uh, creative. It wasn't maybe the most uh, dynamic of midfields. It done its job. I'm a big fan of the, the midfield that won us the league. But Teams are starting to say, right, if you can cut off, doubled up on Salah Mane and you can cut out Trent and Roberts and Liverpool are, are sort of stuck. Now, we've all said that Thiago will be the huge help in that. But I think he just threw his little, threw a little googly at them and just to to throw the cat among the pigeons, you know what I mean? Just to, as you said, they meticulously will prepare for 4 3 3. Bobby going to drop deep, Salah Mane will be looking to go in. You know, not that it's predictable, but. That's how they would have set up. The fact that we threw in the extra. What you know, we took off the three boys midweek, we put on the three other lads. It's not like we were, you know, thrown in a, a real surprise, putting in Jota in there. He's been in excellent form for club and country since he's come to us. So it was a good move and to, to keep the four of them, it kept Sheffield United honest. Because remember, they play an unorthodox formation as well. They're not a standard you know, 4-3-3, team either. They're a blading, a weird bunch in a good way, you know, unpredictable um, with their formation. So, yeah, it was a good time to do it. Why not? Graham hmm. Doyle says he felt he were, we were a bit open in midfield. He wasn't mad on it. Um, is that anti-O'Chill? Says, remember DT, how he said Arteta broke Klopp? Karma is a funny thing. Sean, he did say that AFTV was fairly... Um, Fairly amusing tonight before we come on. And don't be minding, don't be minding that DT fella. He's a fucking knobhead. Um, let me put it out there. He's an absolute star. Um, but, um, what else do I want to say? Grizz is upset at me now. Um, no, 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 I love you. You're the best. He is. He's a, he's a, oh, he's a clown. Um, anyway, moving on. Lads, as much as the 4 2 3 1, and Charlie, I'll come to you for as so much as the 4 2 3 1. 
you know, people it might have taken a little bit getting used to. Sheffield United probably needed a little time to get used to as well because we started off really, really, really well. Yeah, like the, the opening minutes of the game was like typical tenacity, Liverpool getting in, slicing you open, options all over the park in the, the final third, just being everywhere all over you, swarming like wasps. And then obviously we had the decision. And after the decision, we got a bit flat, but we bounced back. The thing I liked most about the, the formation change was the amount of second balls we were sweeping up in their final third. Like, Jota is a clone of Mane in so many ways where you just see him sweeping up that loose ball all the time. You seem to always see him breaking with the ball into space. It's 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 not a coincidence. I think it's a skill that he has. His reading of the game as a forward player is is unbelievable. Um, yeah. And even though I thought it was probably his worst game in a Liverpool short so far yesterday, he still affected the game. So that's a trait of our of our front three, a front four now, so to speak, that they can be absent in a game for 80, 85 minutes and bang, they'll just have one moment and come alive. And Jota just fits us so perfectly. That's what mm. the thing, it was a complete curveball for Chris, for Chris Wilder because I have to say one thing and I give credit where it's due. Uh, British managers are always painted into the corner of being a Deutsch or a Moyes yeah. or anything like that. Um, I can guarantee you if, if Chris Wilder's name was Christoph Wildino or something and he was from Spain or France, Everyone would love him. He's a he's a terrific coach and he carries himself brilliantly and his team play really good football. If Everton want a lesson on how to be tenacious and not be like go on like louts, that was a perfect performance. They disturbed us. They they got in our faces, they weren't too dirty, they were physical, they weren't obviously physical. They were brilliant. And we we needed to be at it. To, to get three points against a Sheffield team. And that's why people are saying the performance wasn't that good. It's not always going to be good. That's as good as Sheffield United will play in an away game this season. I'm nearly sure of it. They were absolutely superb. And I have to say, uh, giving credit to the lads, we talk about the, the shape in the front lads. The game on Wednesday was a complete different to the game yesterday for Fabinho and, and, and Gomez in a way is where Ajax will play it in front of you and they'll try pull you out of position and get in behind. But Sheffield, they were putting balls in. They were physical. They were dominating in the air. They were trying to be trying to bully us. And in the first half, they did. And then there was a little a little switch in the second half that went. And then our boys were ultimately on it, bang, 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 flying into challenges with them. So they've passed the two very different type of tests so far, uh, this this back four, so to speak. And uh, yeah, look, just a, a brilliant, brilliant three points, no matter what way you look at it. I don't care about performances. I, li- I really don't because it does not matter at this stage of the season. It was the same last year. We were getting the results and people were saying, but we're playing shit. It does not matter. It's points on the board. That's <coughs> all that matters in this, this run. Excellent. It is. It is points that matters, and it's even. It even. I couldn't agree with Jamana because we're in. We're in a cycle now, and I said something to you, Shani, and you didn't agree with it yesterday. Liverpool are trying to find a groove, and what I mean by that is, don't the Virgil van Dijk stuff would have knocked them. 
it would have knocked them in a big way. Absolutely. Um, no, matter, no matter how good the, the side is. And, you know, we were yeah. on here last week and you were you were telling people, look, imagine going in and, and telling Klopp or anybody else that, oh, Virgil's gone, what are we going to do? These are these are top-end players. But it will have knocked them because he such, has such stature. It is going to take a little while for them to get over the fact that Virgil van Dijk, who's, who hasn't missed a bleeding league game in three years or something, you know what I mean? He... Or whatever, yes, it's about three years since he signed. It is three years since he signed Liverpool, and well, just just shy of it. And it is going to take them a little while to get in a groove. And I don't mean, I don't mean like even results wise. I just mean the way they play and and just putting that aside. It's going to take a little while for them to put it aside. And when they find that groove, I, I've I've said it to you, Shani, and I've said it to you lads, you, you lads as well. Nobody stops Liverpool winning this league if they get back in that groove. Yeah. And I genuinely well, I just think- because no one else. City don't have to go for it, um, and the rest don't have the quality or the consistency. So with Liverpool, I just, I just want to. I, it's going to be very interesting between now and the next international break. Just the results and the performance is getting better and better, and then you go, yeah, we're over it. We'll yeah, it's just that would have been a good punch to a lot of the rivals waiting on their downfall yesterday and all these. I seen the Independent wrote a piece today saying that Liverpool look vulnerable without Van Dijk. Well, we've won both games. And it would have been two clean sheets only for an atrocious decision, which I'm sure we'll get into. So narratives will be created. But do you know what I love about this team? And I love the, the whole mentality monsters thing. And it's easy to be a mentality monster when everything is going your way. It, about being a mentality monster when everything is going quite the contrary, quite the opposite. That's when mentality comes into it. And yesterday proved, yes, these are mentality monsters. That These lads as a unit, do not get affected in-game or out-of-game by what goes on outside, what's said outside, or even what happens during a game. They recover, it takes them a couple of minutes, and they get back in. you seen them yesterday after the decision. They just said, right, fuck it. We'll get on it. We'll get back on the ball, and we'll get this result. They don't They don't down tilt and say, oh, yeah, we've been, we're getting done here again by VAR. No, they have a go. It was the same at Goodison. No, they had a go. They went and have a go. That's mentality, Gav. That's when things aren't going well and when the chips down, chips are down, that's when it counts. Anyone can be in a winning team when you're winning 15, 16 games in a row and you're just rolling teams over. But to get out of difficult moments, City haven't won three games in a row in, in two years now. And I was watching that game yesterday thinking, do you know what? This will be fucking massive if they get a winner here in the last 10 minutes. And they couldn't. It's just not there. And Joe Cole made a point on BT saying, when you're three or four years with the same coach and you've been down the victory walk two or three times and you know you need to dig in the last 10 minutes, you know you're going to need to be doing the most weeks of the season. It's just not there. The fire's not in the belly. You've heard all the instructions so many times. Exactly. That's It's just... It's not computing with them. But where here, lads, you seen yesterday, they dig in and and they just get the three points. And it's just, it, it was unbelievable to see even players like Jota. You could tell that he's buying into the winning side of things already. Uh, so, yeah, although Virgil is a massive miss around the club, seven days a week, not just on a match day, because you need to understand that in the training ground, he's not going to be there either. But these lads are ready to go. And you can you can see Hendo tune Fabinho and all out like they're still at each other's necks. It's it's just brilliant. It was, yesterday was brilliant. It, it was a, it's a statement without being too loud. If you ask me, mm. Grizz, 
Sean, he talks there about, you know, it, it would have been two games, one without Virgil van Dijk and, and two clean sheets, bar the decision. And we'll get on to that decision in a, in a little minute. But I want to talk to you about the centre-halves because Sean, he's right. It's, you know, Ajax is a game where you have to hold your line properly and don't get dragged out of position and make sure no one's getting in around you. Whereas this one yesterday was balls down the side, balls up st- directly on top of your head. You know, they were, they were trying to get around. They were literally trying to go over the top of us at times. And I don't think Fabinho was great. I'm going to be hand, hold my hands up and say that. I don't think he was great. Um, it was probably his six and a half, seven now with 10 performance. And that's okay. You know, he's, he's not a center half. He's still learning there. I thought Joe Gomez was very, very good. Um, but what do you think that does for a centre half partnership, Grizz? Because I think it's not a pretty win, but it's the perfect way to win and learn those lessons along the way. I think it's a big learning curve for them too. Yesterday, I knew it would be. It was perfect, spot on. Everything that you guys have said, I've been nodding away because it's bang on. Um, you know, we hate agreeing, but it's absolutely. What I found yesterday was it showed that we were playing. Um, a new formation and it showed, but we had the better players and they were playing a formation that they've played all their, you know, all their lives and they've had a week to prepare and it showed, but their players were inferior to us. So that's what made the match so intriguing. So we were get, you could tell it was a formation change. Well, it was a formation change and it showed, but our players were actually in very, very bright. Our front four in that first 15, 20 minutes looked like we were gonna, it was going to be how much we're going to win this by, not sort of, you know, are we going to win this? Um, I thought Jota was slightly, you know, the, 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 the issue I had in my head was like, how are we going to set up? You know, we talked about Bobby going to play in that, you know, if Bobby plays in that withdrawn role with another one through the centre, whether it's Mane or Mo or even Jota, it will bring Bobby alive. I actually thought it was Bobby's, one of his, Bobby's better games. Aside from the goal, his touch was assured. He felt confident. Um, he was playing in his basically his position that he, you know he's made his name uh, before he came to Liverpool. But I knew the test would be for our centre backs in this game. I knew it. Um, yeah, exactly. Ajax play in front of you. Ajax play pre-football triangles. You got to be on your toes and and you know and all that. This is what this was going to be a war. Um, that fellow up front. Bernie, whatever. He's an absolute beast in the air. He won every single ball, but we had to be clever and smart around it. Hendo did have a go at Fabinho. Hendo had a go at Fabinho at Genie at times because the, because the goal did knock us. The incident did knock us. Up until then, even though it was a new formation and we were finding our feet, we were slowly working our way into a rhythm, into a groove, as you say, your words. Um, but that's because our players were actually playing well. It was just the system wasn't helping us. It was a new system and we're getting used to it, where you could see their one was set in stone. Every player knew what he was doing. Ours were a bit unsure, but it's natural. Um, I thought Gomez was superb, Gav. We've asked Gomez the question. We've asked him to stand up, not only in terms of a player, but in terms of a leader, in terms of that Virgil, in terms of the leader of the back four. Um, I just thought he was it was a stunning performance from the kid. And I'm going to keep calling him kid because we keep forgetting he's 23. Exactly, exactly. For, for, for me, the best 23-year-old centre-back in world football at this level. Who's playing at this level week in week? Well, Chris, I'm going to take you well here. Yes. I'm going to take you well here. You had him out of the team. You had him out of the team. You had him out of the team for Fabinho. 
90% of the people I'm looking at in the chat who are digging him out saying he wasn't good enough after a couple of subpar performances, project restart and the start of the season yeah. were saying he wasn't good enough. Now, I'm just going to say something here. He's played two games and he's been excellent. He's going to have bad games. Yeah. So, <clears throat> just bear with him. He's no, a kid no, learning his trade. I, I, he's not a top I didn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend players. myself. I'm gonna defend myself. I'm gonna say I never had him out of the team and out of the and out of the club. I said he just needs a little break because Fabinho was very able to go next to VVD and 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 so no, Fabinho has shown no, his- that's not true. What you said was, and what you said was, you said in big games that. you will have Fabinho in the team no, ahead of Joe that. Gomez. Yes, you, you did. Me, yes, no, you, you did. Hundred percent, you, you did. Hundred percent, I did it. You asked yep. me for a specific no, you, the, game, that's and I the, said, "And Doig wasn't injured at this stage, just, so if exactly, was, exactly." Yeah. So the narrative Don't. was Gomez needs to pick it up, and yeah, but the, God just, picked it what up. I'm saying is, I'm fair play to you, but let's like try be rational here with the kid because he is a kid. He's 23. He's learning his trade. So when he has a bad game, don't be turning around and buying no. into the narrative that but, but, Van Dijk would have won that because people were doing that last week. People yeah. were doing that after after saying Van Dijk would have grew up and beaten um, what's his name to the ball that Calvert Lewin. When no, he when actually Joe Gomez comes on and has a brilliant game at, at Goodison and people see, just point the fingers. Well, because I'm telling you not if if last week had been a nil all and yesterday had been a one all. They would have been digging Gomez and Fabinho out. They would have been no, digging Fabinho out for giving the ball away. So we need to be rational here when it comes rational, to So that's all rational. I'm saying. And and people, you had the people last week saying, oh, I'll get Upa Meccano. Upa Meccano is excellent. But I'm going to tell you something now. There's not a world-class 23-year-old centre-half anywhere in world football. There's not a world-class 24 or 25-year-old centre-half anywhere in world football. So you need to be yeah. careful because... Centre halves do not. They're, like, they're similar to goalkeepers. They're not developed until they're twenty-eight. You need to play football. You need to take your licks, and you need to get knocked around the place to understand what it is to be a top-class centre back. Gomez has literally all of the attributes. He's quite now you, England's best centre back. He'll he'll have simple the, as that. The attribute he's missing, and I'll let you jump, jump in now, Chris. Um, the attribute he's missing Thanks. is leadership. That's what he's missing, and well, this, I, and, this, and, this will be the making of him. I, I said this. I, I put it down there now. This yeah. injury to Virgil Van Dijk will be the making of Joe Gomez because I'll tell yeah. you something. As as good as Fabinho is, okay, he's he's a centre midfielder. Okay, mm. he people he has played defensively. He has played a right back. He's probably done the odd game at centre half for Monaco or whoever he's been with. But he's he's predominantly a centre midfielder, and it takes time to settle into, especially to a backline the way we play. Joe Gomez is the main centre half of Liverpool Football Club right now, right now, because he's the one that's least injured. He has the most potential out of everyone that's there right now, and he is going to be told, I think, by the club. Listen, you're going to have to lead this now. You are going to have to lead this back for until the middle of May. It's as simple as Gav, that, and I Gav, think that remember- will be the making of him. Do you remember how many shouts there was from from um, fans and, and and other fans and media like that? He's uh, he's been he, you know he's been babysat by Virgil, and as uh, of course that was bullshit because you've got to be your own man. You've got to be good enough to play enough uh, next to Virgil and for Liverpool. But what I'm what I said at the time was there's nothing wrong with having a break because he is a kid. I take everything what Shawnee said on board and I accept. I said that I said. But I never wrote him off. What I said, he's he, sometimes because he's twenty-three year old, and for those reasons, and that's the rational way of looking at it, is when you've got someone like Fabinho or Matip alongside, uh, ready to step in, then there's no harm in putting 
Joe Gomez out of the firing line for because he was poor. Let's not say he wasn't poor. Right? No, he, he was. Oh, he was. But he's a kid. He's 23 years old. He's exactly. gonna, and he's going to have another yeah. patch. He's going to have another 100%. patch. 100%. But, but the point is, I was trying to make at the time was, we're at this level now. And we've got such a quality squad now in, in certain areas. And I truly believe, and I said it, and I'll say it again. If it, of course, the Virgil incident and the injury is freak. But what I was saying was, we've got the f- four best centre-backs um, in the Premier League. And... and, and probably the best we've in strength and depth we've had in years and I include Gomez, Matic, Fabinho and Virgil in that so we have got chance uh, to rotate and an, rest but another one this, another one just, just Trent is going to be the same Trent is going to be the same Trent is yeah, still yeah. as good as Trent is going forward and the, the cross field balls and his range of passes but just, just to finish off on the Gomez and we probably, probably want to move on I think you're right, Gav. I think you're spot on in terms of the responsibility. And I think Klopp's had a word with... I think Klopp's had a... It, it, to me, it looks like Klopp's had a word with everyone on an individual basis and told them, you fuckers have got to step up now. You fuckers have got to take on more responsibility. Like even, And I saw the same in Mo Salah's game. I saw the same in Trent's game. I saw maturity in Trent's game. He's still finding his form. He's still not flying. But he's getting better. Yeah. You see, more focused. I saw the whole team, like Klopp's had a put them aside and one on one had a word with them. And and the most that's flourishing at the moment of that one on one session, it seems, is Joe Gomez because that responsibility and that maturity. Is, I won't say maturity yet because that's jumping the gun because he's young. But the the responsibility that's been given to him, he's, he's you know he's shown it in in, in amazing colours um, in these last couple of games. Keith. Um, the back Joe Gomez and Fabinho to me is your centre half partnership for the rest of the season now we will get on to links to other centre halves in a bit but as things stand I think that's our centre half partnership because if I'm Jurgen Klopp I'm just sick of Matip now sick of him you know he plays the derby oh, in, relax. he plays the derby what? relax leave him alone no, no, I'm sick of him. Um, he plays the derby last season he doesn't play the derby till this season then he can't play you know, this is getting stupid at this stage. Um, do you think, think that was a good? Do you think that was a good game, Keith, for them to learn um, about each other, about to play together in different situations, and to come out with a, a win? Most importantly, to say, yeah, privately, the probably two of them are probably saying we weren't, we were okay, we can do much better, but we got the three points and build on it. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Yeah, it's all about building a relationship, building a rapport. And, you know, they know there's only three of them there for the foreseeable future. Now, I, I understand what you're saying about Klopp maybe being pissed off with Matip's fitness record. But ability-wise, I think Matip still has a lot to offer. Now, if you've had a long layoff, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of players, when they come back then, pick up a little strain or whatever and it sort of knocks them back a little bit. So Matip could be okay. It might just be a case of a couple of weeks out and then he'll force his way back in. And if he can keep fitness, Fabinho goes back into midfield. We don't know. 
I agree with Grays. I think the the options are not as um as bad as everyone's making out. And I think a big thing behind that is the goalkeeper. And we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to Allison, but. When Adrian was in there, he's breathing panic into everyone in front of him. Now, Joe Gomez, we've said, needs to take on a leadership role. And if you have Jürgen Klopp telling you, listen, it's time for you to lead this defence. You know, these players will run through brick walls for Jürgen Klopp. And if he's telling you he wants you to be the leader, I'm sure Gomez is delighted with that and feels 10 foot tall. But the fact that they've Allison back behind them will give them that assuredness as well. It'll give them that safety blanket. Whether he's, you know, I think he when he comes back from injury, I think he takes a bit of time to get back up to the speed of things. But the fact, and it's, oh, I hate digging out Adrian, but the fact that it's not Adrian behind you. saw Gomez Adrian against Ajax when he runs into him and Gomez is like, what the fuck are you doing here? That'll make a big difference. That'll give them the solidity. That'll give them the, the, um, the, sort of assurance that they need that they can play and that he can go and play their own game. Now, do I think it will be Fabinho. I think it will be Fabinho over Matip beside Gomez for the foreseeable future until Matip can sort of prove his, his fitness. But whether they bring someone in or not, I don't know. In January, they might just go with what they have. We'll talk about that a little bit. Free World says ability is pointless if you're not available constantly. Um, I yeah. think it's a very fair point. Shawnee, I want to grant the VAR, um, our favourite, favourite subject. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 13 or so minutes into the game, um, Fabinho throws in, throws in a tackle on McBurney. Um, it looks like a good tackle. Um, edge of the box, good tackle. Ref gives a free, goes to VAR. And despite... Despite mixed kind of reports on this um, since the game has finished, it looks like VAR didn't check um, if it was actually a foul. Um, just check. I don't think it can. Um, I don't think it can. I think that's the. I think that's a fundamental flaw with it. Mm, because um, it's not a clear and obvious thing. Is that could it be something? No, like because that? Um, I, I had a look at it today, and in the end, it makes sense as to why the decision was given. Right. So. Okay. They'll use VAR for serious foul play, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Apparently. They'll use, yeah, apparently they'll review serious foul play, offsides, clear and obvious errors regarding an offside or a penalty decision. And that's okay. it. So, so they won't do it for free kicks because I think the the thinking behind if they were using VAR for free kicks they'll be literally looking at screens every two minutes if there's a break of a ball in midfield and someone so gets clipped. So can I, right. can I ask, can so I ask you what happened was, what happened was, yeah, okay, go on. Based on the, the report, Mike Dean blew for free. Mm-hmm. They looked back on VAR mm-hmm. and said, that might be inside the area. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they could look at that and say, do you know what, Mike, that might not be a foul, but do you know what, you're about to, you're at the blown for a foul, so, I'm just going to let you know whether this is going to be a free kick or a penal. And okay. they gave the penal because his foot was on the line and that's the rules. So that, they hadn't got the authority in Stockley Park to turn around and say to Mike Dean, do you know what, Mike? Fabinho's actually got the ball there. That's not a foul. They yeah. can't do that. But you've just said to me that a clear and obvious error Um with regards to penalties, when they go to VAR and they make that a penalty, then should you not have the authority to go, Mike, that's a penalty, but um, it's actually no, a box, because, Mike, but it's wrong. No, because it's, it's, not, it's clear not clear and obvious. obvious. Okay. Why is it not clear and obvious? Well, because I think 
you, you could get it depends who you support, Keith, one of them things. Now I think Fabinho gets the ball. Yeah. But if you, you might ask ten people and two people might tell you, well he gets the man forced. I thought he got the ball. They were never gonna overrule Mike Dean there, Gav. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's yeah. the that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to the cricket, bringing it back to cricket. Um when Boy, they where you know how you do. Um when 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 the umpire's decision, when it's umpire's call, so basically what it means is whatever the umpire is given as a as a as a call before it goes to the monitor. So it has to be clear and obvious. It's very similar thinking like that. It has to be proved to be clear and obvious. If it's, you know, as we're deciding, as we're exactly. thinking. Like, it, it would literally it, have to be 90%, yeah. 90% Gav. Stay with the, oh, well. stay with the ref decision. Now, if he made yeah. the opposite, if he asked to, if he didn't give the free kick and sort of, if, if he didn't give the foul and sort of, no, actually, because he did give the foul, because that's the only way it would have gone to monitor. So it makes my point mute. My second one, yeah. but the first, but, but the first, my point is, it stays with the referee's decision unless it's clear and obvious. They were never gonna overrule him, Gavin, and that's another, that's another problem. Like that, like that's the that's the one of the issues with VAR is that they could have even said to him, go and have a look on the monitor. Yeah. So, like you said, if he says go and have a look on the monitor, and then you can decide whether that's a penalty or not. Because he blew for a free kick. He knew nothing about that being a penalty. He didn't point to the spot. So he just blew for a free quick, free kick. So they say, well, Mike, that's actually a penalty. Have a look at that and see if you think it was a foul again. But they wouldn't do that because that's all our own in him. And this is the issue. We can't hear what they're talking about. So we're all in the dark. Like You can see air players like going, what is going on here? You can even see some of the Sheffield players going, what, he's giving a penalty? Yeah. Like, it's... We're gonna be look. It's just. Do you not think they, they took too long to? But, what, what the issue we have with it is they're looking so hard to find a problem. Look, the they thing is, so when you look for the fraction, is 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 fucking last stud is on the line. So let's make it penal. The ball's outside the box. The connection is outside the box. But Gihar is on the line. Let's give a penal. Abdullah Mohammed says not a problem he made the call and it was a 50-50 call can't fault the call too much or or VAR decided I'm getting a bit I'm getting a bit touchy over this clear and obvious thing because that's that's a very broad statement to make who decides if it's clear and who decides if it's obvious what what, what scale are we going on here you know Sean you picked on something there and I agree he gives a free like, kick. He gives a free kick and it goes to VAR because VAR are in his ear going, hold on, we need to look at this because it could be a penalty, right? It could be on the line. I don't see a problem in them saying, no, don't get me wrong. It, it could still go against Liverpool and that you hold your hands up and go, fair enough, they've gone through a process. That's fine. But I can't understand why they can't. And I don't mean this just for Liverpool. I mean that for anyone. Um, why can't they just say, Mike, that's actually on the line. It's a penalty if, it's, if, there's, a, if there's a foul there. But... You might want to have it just to have a look at this on the screen because he does get the ball. What do you think? Mike Dean goes to the screen, looks at it and goes, oh, he did get the fucking ball. Right, it's not a penalty. Or he did get the ball, but he kind of caught him with the trailing leg. I'm still giving the penalty. And well, then, you know the process, like, then you know the process is being walked through. Yeah, exactly. There was, a, there was a clear get out of jail free card there for a bad decision from Mike Dean yesterday. Mm-hmm. Had they just told him to look at well, the monitor. Yeah, you but know guys, what I mean? This is, this is where we're falling behind Europe where they do do that. Yeah. This is the only difference at the moment. And this is why, Gav, I know, I know, yeah, yeah, I know me and you had a massive row about it a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, but this is where 
it will get better when they realize that we're still behind uh, um, in the sort of sort of running of the VI and how we go about making these decisions and protocols because you're actually right. There should be a, a rule in place or there should be rules in place where the referee says, well, the VIR fella has the authority because at the moment, Sean is right. He hasn't. He, they're literally fucking jobs worths, right? Nope. This is what I've this got is, to look at. This, this is, is where you can give. This is where you can give the clubs power. You, you could give each team one challenge per game. So yeah. club club could have called a challenge there yesterday to find my team to review it on the, on the monitor. So therefore, this is where the accountability comes into this, right? So if club goes yesterday, right, say for, for instance in the NFL, they throw a flag on the pitch, all right? Mm-hmm. And then what will happen is the game will stop and the officials will go and have a look around the monitors, right? So club sees that that foul happens sees the decisions given, club bangs the... So that means Mike Dean has to go over and look at the monitor, right? Yeah. So Mike Dean, look, Mike Dean looks at the monitor. If he can give the decision based on what he says, you know, well, that's what he really thinks. And he's the one that's 100% making that decision. So he's being accountable for what happens next in the game. And I think... Again, that might pretty be much like cricket. Would. Again, yeah, like cricket, like, where you have three appeals, you know, a game, yeah, you know, or an innings, it, you know, you have two. Three appeals, appeals are probably too much because uh, the fucking yeah, games will yeah, be going yeah. on forever. Yeah. But, <laughs> take the weekend yeah. off, walk you. Yeah. Yeah. No, just give yeah, them an appeal where you think, where you've been, you think, wow, that's a crazy call. Yeah, Go because, like, the, I think they've given the refs too much power in this instance yeah. when games just happened. need to be managed. That, and that's that's just it. Like, it, they're being over policed now. It's fucking ridiculous. Like every time look, you see, look, when that I watched happened, that, did you? Watch that, did cl- any of us think it's ever going to be a penalty when that first, no, when that no, no, took no. Place first life? My initial reaction well, I was, no, 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 you didn't have to oh. land in there. But I never thought, I never dreamt it would be a penalty. When he gave but the free, when he gave the free, and then they checked it, and it was on the line. I thought, yeah, he's given the penalty. But then uh, my immediate process, my, my my thoughts always on this was, and uh, I'm not a fan of VAR. People know that. Um, probably not the technology, just the way it's the, the functions and the process of it. But immediately, I was thinking there has to be a process here where they not not just oh, can you check that line and forget everything else, forget all the context around it. If he checks it and goes, it's on the line, Mike. But it looks like a yeah. good tackle. Have a look at the screen. And yeah. people, listen, you don't need the mic up that way then because people know he's being told it's on, he's going to look on the screen. You know what I mean? And then he's able to go to the captain and go, listen. It was on the it was on the line. I was after giving a free a free kick. They've changed it to a penalty, but made me look at the monitor. I don't think it is now. It's a drop ball, and like it, I, everyone knows then. I watched the Glasgow yesterday, and it was the first time in a game where I've seen attacking players blatantly trying to flick the ball off players' hands around the box. Like it's starting. Yeah, it's starting, and and that literally Vinicius done it. Rodrigo done it a couple of times. They're blatantly flicking the ball up towards the player's midriff to his hands. Yeah, but they changed that now. The, the hands up in the air in Spain. For us, they've changed that now. It's just like, I know you said you're going to do a segment on the end of it, and I'm sure you will. It's just shy. It's crap. Yeah. It, it, VAR has lent nothing to the game in terms of being fair or even as a spectacle. It's done nothing for the game at the moment. And, and you know the start, I was kind of like, do you know what? Maybe we need it, but it's just shy. The idea of VAR is excellent, but the implementation everywhere, especially in England, is fucking dirt. It's well, you know, pe- people yeah. don't want the mic. People Keith. don't want people. To, people don't want the mic up because you go, oh, you hear all this sort of language and stuff. Listen, if oh, a referee yeah. has a microphone and an earpiece, all he has to do is step out and players go, everyone get away from me. I'll just start throwing red cards out. 
right? Yeah. It'll stop them straight away. And he goes up and he presses the button and he says, right, um, this is what's happening. Everyone on the TV can hear it, right? And if it's explained, everyone on the TV goes, grant, right? And if he goes to the screen and does something, grant. And then he comes back and he tells the two captains what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on there, right? There's no language. Everybody on the TV knows what's happened. Er- everything. Because, listen, the, the money makes, makes this game go around. The money makes this game go around because people are watching. So you have to, as people, as much as you, uh, 22 players in the pitch and managers and stuff like that, the people watching need to know as well. So listen, this is going to rumble on forever, but we'll have to wait and see, right? Um, <clears throat> I want to go through the c- couple of goals and stuff like that um, before we finish up for 40 odd minutes in. Um, but we do have, uh, people are asking about um, Maguire's tackle on Azpilicueta yesterday. <laughs> uh, not tackle, uh, attempted header. Um, yeah, it's a penalty all day long. It's a penalty all day long. Um, he's put before he even jumps, uh, goes into a motion of a jump. He puts his two arms around him, leans down on top of him, and then pulls him back. It's it's a penalty. Having said that, there was one at the other end as well. I think Reese James might have had a hold of Mary, Harry Maguire, which easily could have been a penalty as well. Um, but I want to, I want to move on to to the good bits uh, for Liverpool. Let's be honest about it. And before I do, um, we have one of these books to give away at the end of the storm from the Athletic featuring James Pierce, Oliver Kay, uh, Simon News, and a lot more people. It's a brilliant book. Um, I've read the vast, vast majority of it now, and I have to say it's absolutely excellent. We've given two away already, but we've one more to give away. And here's the question. Now, lads, the four of us are going to have to watch the, the comments to see if the right answer comes in. I'm going to tell you all the right answer in the private chat that we have. But here's the question. In cricket, Grizz Khan... Is was a decent batter by all accounts. Can you tell me what his highest run score was? Right, his highest run score. Now the lads in the private chat, I'm going to tell them the um, the actual answer. They have the answer there now in front of them. So the first lad to get the right one is correct. Um, uh, Kieran B says a duck. Macar's ten says zero. Uh, to be heard there, but Keith laughed. I didn't like Keith's reaction to to you putting that in the private chat. Like, did you like? Why did you laugh there? That's a serious. <laughs> no, listen. Don't give anything away. Don't give anything away. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> There's no, loads coming in there. And I was a serious player. There's loads coming. I'm thinking of something else. Sorry, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. there's wow. loads coming in there. Uh, wow. one, two, seven, wow. two, four, four. Someone's, someone's, wow. Okay, you got shut remember. up, shut up, don't say anything. Yeah. 77, 157, No, they're all wrong so far. Two, four, four. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you can see it. Someone's near enough got it. Near, near enough, enough got it. Yeah. Uh, I told you there must be someone. Oh the yes, there the is one. There is a person that's one out there, one out, yeah. one, one away. Yeah, one out. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So listen, we let them go. Through. We let them go through, and we'll. Um, well, well, the one person's answering the other. The rest of us can keep a look at it. Um, but I want to get on to the good stuff. And Keith, um, this is the good. But <laughs> this is good. Just guessing, Grizz's batting score. Uh, Keith Firmino scores um, yeah. Liverpool you know after being behind on 13 minutes the equaliser on 41 I think if I remember right and you know they kind of lose the way I feel after after that decision's given and the goal and, and where everything else and, and it goes on And but but they gradually get themselves back into it and I have to be honest with you Keith um, if I could pick one fella to score yesterday it was Roberto Firmino um, he needs a goal the team need him to score a goal for me and um, 
And I didn't want to get into the halftime one nil because it only it only heightens um, Sheffield United's uh, confidence in this. But it's not the most glamorous of goals, Keith. But it's one he, he's off the mark and he he, get, he gets his goal and it gets us back on level terms before halftime. I was delighted with you. Yeah, I was chuffed. I'm a huge Bobby fan, and I know he gets a lot of stick um, for not scoring. I think he's played okay the last while without getting the goals, but people will judge him for not scoring. And then he does get a goal and people say, oh, yeah, but he didn't play great. You know, he can't seem to win. It was a scruffy goal. Well, no, it was a scruffy finish. But the goal itself, like Henderson put in a great ball, good header by Mane, and then Bobby's in the right place. You know, it's all about being in the right place. But something that I'm sure we'll come on to later on, it's you don't want to celebrate the goals because you're looking saying, is this shit going to be ruled out or what? And then you have to look back and you're happy it goes in and you're just delighted. You know, delighted for Bobby that he got that. Yeah, absolutely thrilled. Um, has anybody got it yet, Chris? Yeah, they've got it. So they can stop the guessing. Bloody hell, it's all numbers. You know, numbers confuse me. The chat confusing, man. Someone's got it and I've got. I've made a note of it, whoever it is. Oh, you've made a note, so we tell them at the yeah. end. Or do you want so to tell can them you now? stop the guessing now, yeah? <laughs> stop the guessing. All them numbers, yeah. it's all done. because it's on fire. Trying to work wow. them all out. Um, who got it? Come on, tell us who got it. Rajiv Kumar, my man. Right, Rajiv Kumar. Me. Yeah, he's got, he's got the score, he's got the exact number. Well done. Where did he? I didn't even see him getting that. I oh, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I looked okay. out. Okay. Yeah, he got right. it. Do you want to tell them? Yeah, you tell them. Yeah, 142 magnificent innings. Yeah, and what, what, game, what, what game was it? Oh, it was um, just a league game um, against another school. Um, right. Langdon was, High School. Oh, against Langdon High School. Very posh school. you got to remember, we were. It, I, I used to go to an inner city school, just in case anyone didn't guess. Um, but really? um, we, yeah, we played Langdon High School. Very posh, you know, had all the kits, had all the, the on ground. We went went there and smashed them to bits. You know, we, had, we had the old Walkmans in our ears. Do you know, do you remember the old Walkmans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This the, is the orange, orange ears. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. smashed them to bits. And um, your man, Chris, made 142 smashing innings. Yeah. Everyone, everyone remembers that. And obviously, Rajiv does. So he's got it. Well done, Rajiv. Well, there's a lot. I can't, I can't even see Rajiv's one four two guess there. To be honest, with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's got it. Must think you're smashing Tendulkar or something, smashing blade balls all over the park. I tell you, man, they had to put one. They had to put a sort of some spectators outside the fence because I kept clearing it and the ball. You know, <laughs> you know, someone needs to collect the ball. I'm telling you, man, I was clearing those fences. I was very, you know, I was, I was a very attacking batsman back in the day. I've calmed down now. Thousands wouldn't believe you, but I do. No, I know you do. Yeah, I'm a serious man. There's no smiling on my face. I'm serious. People want to know. People want to know there. People, <laughs> people want to know there if uh, if it's left or right handed batsman. I'm a right hand batsman, man. Yeah, always right handed. Right -handed. Left handed always. Or the spin bowl. How Me? did you play? Yeah, the harder, the faster they come, the further That's they go. That was my motto. You got leverage to get it over the boundary that wall. That was my motto. The faster you're gonna come at me, the further you're gonna go, mate. So yeah. What did you have for lunch that day, Chris? Uh, you know what? Before That's game of cricket, I used to, no, no. I used to fast on it before. Double deck on a pack of the king. No, no, just, just, just Lucas. <laughs> no, no, Lucas Aid. Honestly, but the original Lucas Aid. I used to have a glass of uh, bottle of Lucas Aid, and that's what I used to drink during my innings. Lucas Aid poured over pasta. But anyway. Well done, Rajiv. So um, still can't see Rajiv's guess of one four two, but I'm not going to keep keep uh, 
keep thing. I think Chris is just messing with me now. Um, no, no, he's got it. He's, he's replying, so he's, 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 he's accepted it. Okay, Raji, if, if you can send us an email right now to lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com, I can get your address off you and um, I can get you lined up with that book along with the other two winners. Right, um, the good stuff, uh, we get to half time. Um, we're one all. And Liverpool come out the second half, and they're, they're, listen, they're going for they're going for these three points now. Shawnee, I want to touch on something, um, and it's the Mo Salah disallowed goal because if that goes in, oh, what a fucking goal, Shawnee! <laughs> yeah, it's just like typical finish we've come to expect from Mo Salah. These mad ones out of nowhere, like the one against Everton, the one against Leeds, like it's Robbie Fowler levels of predatory instinct around the box it was unbelievable and if you look at their centre half and you look at Andy Stevens, when the ball ends up in the back of the net you can see them putting their hand on their head going what what the fuck like how, how has he how has he managed that mm. just in fairness he was offside it was he was offside it wasn't yeah, he even was. close like yeah um, yeah it was incredible yeah but I didn't celebrate it guy but I just yeah. sat there like you know what I mean I didn't didn't get excited about it but yeah. it was unbelievable normally the whistle goes and the keeper stops, but like Ramsdale was still in the game and he was completely taken out of it. It was unbelievable. It was just an outrageous bit of skill that we've come to um, expect from Mao at the moment. Like he just seems to be ridiculous when he has zero time to think. Exactly. I was going to say that when he doesn't have time to think, he's it's it's like two different players, isn't it? When he's instinctively yeah. hitting something or having to deal with, he's he does no one better in the leg. But when he's thinking about it, Jesus Christ, it's it's ridiculous how um not off the off the boil he is, but how different the player he is. You know, he doesn't have that sort of rootlessness that you know <clears throat> Messi and Ronaldo just plundering goals. It's not a disrespect to Mo, but as as you said there, Shawnee, when it just happens like that and he has to deal with, there's no one better than him. Mm. It's um, it's. Do you know what? Do, I get the feeling. Do you know what plays him offside? And obviously the, the linesman and the defensive line. But if you watch, if you watch Mane, Mane makes a run, a very similar to run to Salah, and I think the defender cops him, and yeah, it st- it makes the defender out. stop and step out, trying to catch Salah. Whereas I think I think if if Mane hadn't made that run, I think that defender would have kept drifting back and would have probably played Salah on side. But the touch is just sublime, and the finish <coughs> is so fucking good. And you're like, oh, and Chris, uh, I thought you were going off there to get your bat, the signed bat from the day you hit one four two, um, but yeah, clearly not. But the one thing I will say about it is when that goal goes in from Salah and it's disallowed, and you're like, oh, it's offside. I don't believe this. Did you get a feeling of, oh, could it be one of those nights? Um, didn't last that I long, did. the feeling. But did you get, because oh, I did, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I hated that. I hated that feeling in that first 45 minutes. I hated it. I, I was just thinking, what is going on here? It was just sort of a small sample of the whole season. Not just for us, but everyone. It was weird. The feeling was, what is going on? Am I enjoying this? I genuinely, all the excitement and the nervousness I was talking about before the game, kind of just evaporated. Even when we scored, I didn't celebrate. I know me and Shawnee were talking about it in the once before, but I didn't. I, I, I didn't celebrate any goal. I was set there numb. Even that goal, I knew straight away, you know, it's going to be offside because the, they'll, 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 even if it's not offside, they'll draw a line and make it offside. Box like that. I thought Salah was electric yesterday. He didn't score. And that's a shame because he was my captain in the fantasy league. But apart from that, 
he was electric, Gaff and lads. I thought, I thought his play up front, I thought his turns, I thought the, you know, the the one where he turned. The he was giving it away a little bit easy though at times, Chris. I will say that. Uh, but listen, when you're he Mo was. Salah, and listen, when you're Mo Salah and you're playing up front through the middle against three massive, humongous centre halves, you know, sometimes you're going to try things and you're going to give the ball away. He, he, I thought overall the strength he showed, and he's got this awareness of the goal and you know I know he missed a couple of chances but the way he makes the chances for himself and I always say when Salah's in the mood to also be a creative spark because let's face it sometimes he just wants to score and that's fine but when he's in the mood but when he's in the mood to be a playmaker as well I tell you he's as good as anything in world football as a playmaker as well someone's going to get ripped in the next few weeks oh man I tell you and, and Mane you know we haven't even discussed Mane, we've discussed Jota, and the, all three of them are relentless. Absolutely. Our strikers, our forwards are relentless. They never, because Mane didn't have a good start. Mane had a few runs, this and that, and, you know, he was losing the ball a couple of times as well, but he's relentless. His energy levels, anything more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and as a result, Bobby became alive. This is why I kept harping on about, if, if we're going to play this system... Bobby's got to retreat and let them three, whatever three is, and wherever they play, they can interchange and do cause havoc. It just so happens that sort of it seemed like we haven't had much time on the training ground to actually play this system. But if we do, I, I genuinely think the next team we play this against is going to get it hard. It may be West Ham next week. Let's see if we if we you know add Thiago to to that mix and wow, we are fire. I'm telling you, you're you look at that game yesterday, I was just thinking all we need is a Thiago to just grab a hold of this. Now, because in fairness, I thought Hendo was good yesterday. I thought but, uh, Genie struggled. But yeah. someone like, someone like, them boys, boys running, them boys yeah. running, running, making runs and Thiago Thiago's, punching holes all over the place. Thiago's going to hit to the player you least expect. Genie's so frustrating though, I'm telling you. Because Genie looks tired again. He's very, he's very conservative. And that's the way I'm going to say it about his passing on the ball. But he's an absolute machine off the ball. And yeah. this is it. This is what the dilemma is. And this is what bugs most LFC fans. Of course, there's absolute fans of Genie. But the slight critics of Genie are, he's too conservative get on the ball. He's, he's, you know, and maybe we just got a taste of Thiago and we're just dying to just put Thiago think- in there. I don't think there's a hope he plays a 4-2-3-1 with Thiago. I think he only does that yesterday because Thiago's not available. Why? Because, why? 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 because I'll tell you why. why. I'll tell you why. Because when Thiago comes back, air midfield as a tree, suffocate teams. Absolutely suffocate them. And the way they suffocate them is they go out and they, they literally wait for the trigger and they go and they make sure they absolutely hassle it until you give it back. But why can't Thiago but, play in a tail behind the tree? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Um, because I think they will look to suffocate teams and Thiago will be the outball. And with Thiago at the outball, people would say, well, they can smother us and they get it back, but what creativity do you have? It's actually a slight against Liverpool. It's not really real. But we what I would say... But what I will, but what I will does, say, what I will Thiago say does is the exact same job Genie does yesterday, but more quality on the ball. Yeah. There's this, no reason why they can't play that system with him oh, in the two. I don't think they do with two. I think they do with three. I think in in the perfect scenario it would be Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson. Henderson is pivotal in a three on that right-hand side for, for so many reasons that we've gone over before. But for me, teams, you, you've seen it, we've said it, you know, teams work out this 4-3-3 and they go, right, stop 
Trent and stop Robbo and you, you can stop Trent and Robbo all day, but if you're going to give this fella any room within 50 yards of your goal, you're in serious fucking danger. And that changes the whole dynamic of the tree. We don't need to change formation. It's the dynamic of the team that we need to change. And I trust me, if if Liverpool managed to even play even it, though, Gav, I don't. He can't play it. He can't play it, but I, I just don't I just don't think they will. I don't think that'll be their first choice. Right, maybe saying not a chance of playing is a bit too much, but I think if if Thiago was I fit, think, he would he would formation. I think it's his role in the two. That's my I, personal. I t- I, think, I think he plays off one side in the three, and I think I think Liverpool look to suffocate teams. But instead of people thinking it's a convention, conventional and walk like walkman like midfield, it's a totally yeah. different dynamic dynamic. And you can stop fullbacks all you want, but while you're stopping them fullbacks, you're leaving space for this fella that you weren't bothered about a couple of weeks ago when it was Genie Wijnaldum, but you're fucking bothered now. And that's that's just the way I see it. It's, it. I could be wrong, but listen, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if I'm right or wrong because him and the team is just I said it to you yeah. yesterday. If Virgil van Dijk is in that side and Thiago goes in there with Fabinho and Henderson, we cakewalk this league. And I mean, we we annihilate it. But yeah. we'll have we yeah, have that's to five head gone now, though, isn't it? Like in fairness, like, yeah, it is. It I is. Just, it I is. think when, when Thiago gets in and settles, that's that's something to look forward to. That really is something to look forward to when he gets a run yeah, of games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the thing, is, like Chamberlain can even go in there now on that team and have an impact when he yeah. comes back. Like we're still missing these players that can come in. So people are only kind of thinking about Virgil of what we've lost with Virgil. But like Klopp said before the game last week and people got, oh, is he going to be out for ages? We haven't even had a chance to miss Thiago yet because we haven't got to see exactly what he's going to bring to the team. Now, I see what you're getting, Gav, with the midfield three and him just being the one who'll cut you open. They can just pop the ball out to them. Hendo's capable of doing that as well. Obviously not to the level of Thiago is, but... Thiago and Hendo in a tail could be mental. Like, there's not many, just because he's, what, five foot eight, there's not many midfielders in the world better than him at pinching the ball away from players. And I, I'm putting him in there. I'm putting him I, in, I, the, in the league of Kante when he's doing yeah. that. Look at how clean he wins the ball. Yeah, but Look the how clean he forces turnovers. Toxic is in the chat. Liverpool are not the same. My God, she, Kane, Bassan and Bale. Did you see what happened? Like, oh, yeah, man. Go away out of Stop out of Fuck it. What I would say is, Shani, though, if, if you go back to it, if you go to a two, um, I'm not a big fan of the two because I, I do think it lessens the chances of your fullbacks getting forward. I know, I know that, I know that, I know that, but against better sides, I think we could be more open, right? Gav, you're not going to play many better sides in Sheffield set up, man, I'm telling you. I know that, Shani, but you're probably going to play better, with better quality up front to hurt you, right? And what I mean is, is, all I I think about, all I think about when I see the two is, I want Henderson right of a tree. I just want him there, I feel so solid with him there, and not only that, not only that, he, he allows Trent and Salah to do whatever they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and, and and if you're concentrating, if you're concentrating on trying to stop that, and you have Thiago sitting on the left of a tree, going, "Just give me a, I don't." If they want to pack that side of the park, give me a, I'll, I'll sort it. I'll still put Trent at Alexander Arnold in because you know it's 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 what I, I do. agree with you. In the I don't think you see a four-two-three-one in any of Liverpool's big games this year. It's no. going to be four-three-three. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be four-three-three. Fair point. You look at City a couple of weeks down the line. It's going to be like for games like West Ham on the weekend could be 
the perfect time for a 4 2 3 1. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. teams are penned in. I agree with you. It's going to be a three midfield for, for the likes of City. And I just hope we have Matip back because, um, as good as he's been at centre back, Fabinho does so much in that midfield for us when he's in that midfield three. So, like, you'll think of a midfield three of Fabinho, Hendo, Thiago. Like, you, you have everything you need there. Do you know what I mean? So, Look, it's horses for courses now, and uh, we have the horses. The one. It's and we have the horses. Focus. We have Absolutely. the horses now. See, I generally think the reason why we played yesterday, the formation we did and the team we did, is because of the lack of options we had in midfield to rotate. You got to remember, we he wanted to ideally change the midfield completely, but you know, Naby was unavailable, and Curtis, you know, played in midweek. Milner had, had, a, had a long slog as well. So I think he kind of picked this formation, yes, to surprise Sheffield United and show them a different way because we don't want to be predictable and get away from the 4-3-3, which we all said in the summer, this is what we're working towards. We're working towards, you know, uh, changing the style of play, changing the, the formations. And yes, it, it was based on sort of the surprise element. Also is we had to go with what we had. So, you know, if Thiago and Naby were available, then maybe the formation would have been different. But um, I think we've got the personnel to change this up. I definitely agree with, with Gav in terms of I don't think it's the most, it's the go-to formation in big games. But most certainly, and you've got to remember, there's a lot of trash in this league. It's most certainly going to be used against the majority of the trash. And, and look, let's face it, barring five, six of teams, most of it is trash. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Um, Matthew Matthews. Um, great name. The point of the show. So good in there you go. <laughs> There's an echo in here. Uh, yeah. He says, and it's a good point, he says the point of this discussion is options. Teams won't know what Liverpool is coming at them. Exactly. Which exactly. makes us a lot more predictable. That's a great point. Um, there's a sports fan in here and he asks, um, let me see, he asks who's better. Uh, Kane, Son or Bale um, versus Salah, Mane, Jota. Um, don't know why for the me. One the, the, one, the ones who have won trophies. Yeah, yeah. show us our medals. He hasn't won them at fucking sport, so yeah. he can try as he wants. I think, I think, I think well, it was laughable last week what happened against West Ham. I think sports are going to do really well this season. Um, I think if they... Oh, well, I think yeah. yeah, I think they'll do well. I think they will. Um, the ones to watch this season. Um, I think Leicester will do well. Great manager. Absolute <laughs> bottle job. Fucking can't stand it. Don't mention it again. Nah, or I will. Or I will start playing back audio of you wanting Joe Gomez on the transfer list. Um, <laughs> Keith, um, yeah. Jota, um, this fella's to me is starting to look like a bargain um, or whatever price we got him at. Yeah. As Shawnee said earlier, when you have them four on the pitch and they're moving around, they're into they're inter, interplay, they're move, they're, they're changing positions. And I thought he was good again. Yes, he's better than so well. He's got he's got two goals already. You know, um, Arsenal and and now against uh, Sheffield United as a winner. Um, it's looking very bright for him, isn't it? He just looks like a Liverpool player. 
He does. And it's one of them, I, I said on a show recently, it reminds me of the Chamberlain deal. You know, a lot of people raised eyebrows when we spent big to get Jota in. But the change of scenery and the type of player he is just suits what we're doing. He suits us and we suit him. And, you know, without dragging the team over in our debate up, uh, look, Jota looks more suited to us for what we're going to need from that type of player than what uh, Werner would, where you're coming in, you know, you're not going to be starting games, you're going to be coming in when we need you, and it's all about press, press, press. Because if we were to go back to the four-two-three-one thing, if we're playing a front four with those four lads in it, or a throw a Minamino into a four-two-three-one, you're winning the ball back, and you get through that line of defence and then you're going into Thiago and Henderson it's another crusher to get through you know so it's it's all set up it's all set up Liverpool the players they're bringing in to be that bit more adaptable to be that bit more um, less predictable in games and Jota is just the perfect foil for that you know did we when we signed them and I remember we had a Wolves lad on the night we signed him and he was sort of like a great deal for us he, he's run his course with us and not dismissive but sort of felt that we maybe um, got the raw end of that deal it just looks the opposite now he just looks so suited to us I mean the goal all yeah, his goals you know it's, it's a it's a good header up against uh, it was an end of Stevens at the back post you know he gets up and heads are in well all his goals are different he doesn't have a set type of goal it's mm. rifle it's effort it's header it's it's a bit of everything you know he's really impressed yeah he has really impressed I have to say um, we need to move along lads uh, we've only a couple of minutes left um, I want man of the matches off he's all uh, Chris I'm going to start with you first um, listen Joe Gomez yeah mm. you know me I'll, when, when credit's due I'll rip him when he plays bad and that's the way it should be but he's come on Last few games, and he's played like an absolute leader, which is what we needed from every single one of those back four to, to assume this leadership role. Joe Gomez for me. Nice one. Shani. Gomez, just excellent. He was brilliant. And then closely followed by Hendo, who I also thought was mm. fucking unbelievable. Like, he he managed the game in the second half the way Milan probably would two or three years ago. Um, you see him marauding up the left hand side in the 90th minute. Like, there's yeah. supposed to be a fella whose legs are on the way out. Like, he he wouldn't be able to run when he was 28 because of a bad guy. But him, um, yeah, they were both excellent. But Gomez for me was was brilliant, and he will continue to grow. They will grow as a partnership. They'll have off days. They'll have good days. But the thing is, they will be good enough for the time that we need them. So, yeah. And Deloitte Allison was back as well. Obviously, a massive difference. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like I was taking years off my life every time the ball was going back into the box. So, yeah, Gomez was excellent. Gomez, man, the match for me. Good stuff. Keith, for you? Yeah, Gomez was, was man of the match for me as well. I thought Robbo was good. Um, yeah. I agree with Hendo. Robbo's player of the year so far. Yeah, Robbo's is, is standard, you know. Will we ever see Simicast, you know, because it, it's one of them that Robbo was just playing so well. And I know that the season will go on, you'll need to be resting them. Um, and you just hope you're getting that same type of player. But Robbo was just being up and down, up and down. He's been absolutely brilliant. Overshining Trent, but, you know, that's getting back to an earlier point. You know, Trent will have dips and he'll be, he'll, he'll be 
doing good things as well. But but Robbo's intensity because he did come in for a bit of stick himself last season, and he's just upped his game this year. He's been amazing for us. But yeah, I think Gomez and Hendo. Hendo will never get the credit. You know, some people that made a decision on Hendo will die on the hill that he's brutal and he can't pass and he can't dictate play and all that stuff. You have to see what this fella is. Like, I always tell you what this fella is doing. You don't need uh, any other uh, metrics to be looking at with Jordan Henderson. Just watch the games. Listen to the games. You're in an unusual situation now where there's no crowd noise. You can hear Jordan Henderson through the game. You know, you can hear them telling people what to do and dictating it. You just have to appreciate what he's doing for this team. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. But yeah, I give it to Gomez as well. Good stuff. Um, I'm going to give it to Henderson. Um, it's it's um, it's one of those where it's it's a change of system. Um, he's in there with Wijnaldum. Um, he's still coming back from an injury from last season. He's been in and out, in and out. He's looking to protect his back four. He's looking to get Trent away. He's he's doing everything. And don't get me wrong, I thought Gomez was brilliant. I thought Manny was very, very good as well. He hasn't got enough for mention for me. Um, Salah looked sharp. Firmino looked a little bit sharp. I thought Jota was very good. When Aldam done a lot of donkey work, didn't really impact stuff, but he done a lot of donkey work. Um, but I just give it to Henderson. I think it was a game where you needed your captain, and I think he was he was very good at it. Um, last night. Kieran says, lads, I put this in the Flick app earlier. The Flick sports app, of course, if you go in there, um, download it on uh, Apple or Android stores. Uh, Flick sport app and just type in Trippers Chats if you want to enter via the group. Get in there and talk to Liverpool fans. He says, um, I put this in Flick earlier. What does Robbo need to achieve to surpass Kennedy as their best ever left back? I fucking hate more trophies. Um, yeah, that's a simple answer to that. Um, he's a brilliant, brilliant left back. He's the best we've had in He's the best we've had since Rob Jones. Rob Jones was Rob a brilliant Jones. left back as well. He played a lot of left back. Yeah, a lot really of left back. back. No, he played a lot of left back. Yeah. Rob Jones didn't play a lot of football full stop. Yeah, I know, but when <laughs> he played when, he, when when Liverpool played the back five under Evans, Rob Jones played a lot of a, a left wing back as well. Um Yeah, yeah you can put him in there. Ah oh, listen, who else yeah. start to fucking compare him to? You know, someone's going to tell you. No, we've had awful left backs. We haven't. We have another. We have another good left back. Yeah, and Alan Kennedy wasn't a great left back. No, he wasn't. Alan yeah, Kennedy but... wasn't. And anyone that watched Liverpool at the time will tell you that. He like, scored a goal in the Champions League final, yeah. though. So yeah, that's and got annoying. a winning penalty in another one as well. Like you know, he's got a great record. Yeah. I don't know. I think three. I think you're looking at Robbo now. Three years. You can count on one hand how many bad games he's had. If seventy-seven wins and a hundred appearances, if he's outrageous, not, outrageous if, he's not if he's not a shoe in for the best left back we ever had, then I don't know. Because obviously, before my time, Liverpool dominated European football. But this fella has been f- phenomenal for now. I've, now 90, I've, got there, I've got I've got you there before your time, Sean, and I'm telling you, this guy is on a par with anything of the greats. I'm telling you, he is so. So underrated when we talk about ranking him in terms of the best left back of all time for Liverpool. He's underrated, I'm telling you, in that sense. Yeah, he's better than any of the shit that we've looked at. I think at it's a, it's a question oh, to come to it's a question to come back to in probably two or three years' time. Exactly. Um, I think I think if you, look at his, if, if you look yeah. at his win record and his ratio of trophies 
um, he's he's doing very well. But I think if he, he if he adds another league title or two or the Champions League in there, he'd probably go down as one of the best left backs we've ever had. Yeah, one hundred percent. Jay Bambury says there, you know, Steve Nichol. Steve Nichol played everywhere for us. He was an amazing player. He's probably Steve Nichol was deadly. Yeah, he's probably the best of our sort of generation. Without going back forward, and you're looking at Alec Lindsay or whatever, whoever played there in the seventies. You know, it's it's probably Steve Nichol at the moment. A uh, massive question from Peter Jones. He says, lads, before you go, I need some advice on the supper. I fucking have 11 at night. Um, is that me in that picture? It is, yeah. He says yeah. that. He said he said, he said, he was sorry for uh, being late to the stream. He was sorry. It was profile pick. I'm only realising <laughs> what he's talking about now. He said, lads, before I go to bed, Peter's a lovely fella. Uh, lads, before uh, I go, I need some advice on the supper at half 11 at night. This is the lunatic, isn't it, that puts pizza in the toaster. Yeah. Um, uh, cheese on toast or cheese and biscuits? Uh, cheese on toast. Cheese and biscuits. Cheese and biscuits, yeah, that's yeah, no, cheese on toast all day long. Um, yeah. 100% cheese on toast or beans on toast with cheese on it is good. Oh, man. Yeah, it is good. Beans or cheese, I don't like mixing them. It's I had the cheese on, t- I had the cheese in toast yesterday, like cheese in it. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you close it up and you make it a toast, cheese toast, yeah, cheese, toast. cheese sandwich. You had <laughs> with, with, with onions, with red onions in it as well. <laughs> yeah, very cheese good. Money. Yeah, no, cheese and onions good as well. Um, Shawnee, before we go, how are we going to deal with this football messing where you can't celebrate goals? And is it, it it's because it's doing your mallet in, is it? And I'm not going to let the other lads talk about it. I just want to get your t- thoughts on this because I know it's really upsetting you. Shawnee, no. what are you going to do to, what are you going to do to combat this? It's what would the A team do, Shawnee? They don't know. They probably go into a shed and come out where I believe, go into the shed with a few rubber bands and a calculator and drive and out with a band with <laughs> yeah, something like that. Drive out in a uh, G6 Learjet or something. Yeah, uh, it's a sound, lads. I don't, it's, I think football as a product now, I think Project Restart, we all bought into it because we didn't have football for three months and we wanted to win the league, really, yeah. uh, well and truly. And we told ourselves that uh, football without fans is grand, but it's not really. Um, it started... It's starting to get. It's starting to wane on me now. This no fans business, like Jota's goal yesterday, he should be running into the cup. He should be like, I was kind of like, it's a goal. What's going on? Oh, yeah, he's just turning around. Like, it, it's now that was a good intense game of football. I said, don't get me wrong, but it's starting to grate on me between VAR incompetent refs, no fans in the studio, over analysis in the studio, oh, no fans in the stadium, over analysis in the studio. Nitpicking, contrarianism, Jamie Carragher, Martin Tyler, yeah. Fletcher, or fucking BT, yeah. just all of them, all these drips on the telly. Like, oh, and the talk of a European Super League, like, I'm starting to wonder how long will it be before football is no longer recognisable? Yeah, it's, do you know what? I think, I think a massive factor of, of the whole VAR experience is fans on the ground. I, I, do you know that? Because that empty ground feeling, players are half celebrating anyway. When, you know, you, like Salah scores now and he's going to, yay, because there's no one there to celebrate with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when you throw, if you had fans on the ground, it's, it's, it's natural reactions to celebrate in front of fans. And Ari, I might get dragged back, but I know where you're coming from, Shawnee. <clears throat> it's reserved. It's become now where there's no celebrations at all. Unless you score from the halfway line, you know, and you know there's nothing. 
no problem you're not celebrating anymore if there's any sort of doubt whatsoever it is dragging around and I think no fans on the ground is 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 making it even worse because players don't have a reason to celebrate alright they scored a goal and some may some may do big celebrations but a lot of them now are kind of little high five like back in the 80s you remember when Liverpool used to score and fucking Kenny Daglish used to fucking shake Ian Rush's hand as you're running back to the halfway line and now, that, that's what they did they used to go oh yeah well done but and they'd run back to halfway line probably go and get another one and it, it's getting like that now where it's it's. I think that the no fans on the ground is actually hurting the players and, and, and the want to celebrate um, because they, they buzz off that the adrenaline can't be running as much um, that's what it's about now. last 10 minutes of a game needing a goal getting wheeled over the line and stuff like that it's just that's all gone. That's completely gone out of the game now. And I don't think we realised how how much that played into the, the the spectacle of of that football itself. It's shown football for what it is at the the very root of it. It's like it's a bit soulless at the moment. Like the emotion has gone out of the game. The the, the fans aren't in the ground. Mm. It, it's I think it's gone on too long now. I think I'll probably feel like this until there's some sort of stadium in the into the you know, crowds crowd in the stadium. Like it's it's wearing on me now and it's a fucking I have to say it's it gets me down that literally the best Liverpool team in the last twenty or thirty years and we can't go and watch them like it's it's shit like because look, Gav, I met most of you lads going to football games and mm. being able to travel and watch Liverpool and that's that's all gone over as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. It's it's yeah. it's sure and, and and another thing that's played into it, and I, this might sound a bit like fucking armchair supporter, but unfortunately we we're living in Ireland, us three. We can't even go to the pub and watch the football with the, which I which I made to talk shit yeah. about. But like yeah. you're sitting in your sitting room watching, you can't turn around and say, "What's the story with you know yesterday?" Is what show you or what voice of yours? That's all gone. Like it's all completely gone. It's it's shy. So I think they should not avoid the season if. And you got a team, but always on top, and that's it. Yeah, great idea, Grace. Quickly before we go, um, a lot of talk around Upa Meccano, uh, Kabak. There's a couple more names being thrown in there. What do you think for January, Grace? Do we make a move or do we hold out and um, see what happens with Virgil between January and the end of the season, and then make a decision? Uh, I know we haven't got much time to delve much deep into it, but I think we definitely bring in a, a centre back. It won't be Kabak. Okay. Good stuff. I'm happy with that because he's spitting the spent, Yeah, he went spitting. He's done. Forget yeah. about that. that yeah. That's, you know, no chance. Yeah. The money that's thrown out by Kabak as well. It's scandalous. No, yeah. No. The thing is, Upa is the one we want. Yeah, but that, we won't get him for 42 million. We're going to have to pay about 70 million for him. If you want no. him in January. So that's why it's... I think we bring in a, 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 a I think we're bringing a centre back. Does the boy to, does, does his boyo clause only activate after the season ends? Yeah, yeah. It's in next summer. Yeah, but the more you, you know, the I agree. They they probably have to go over that, and it, a lot depends on how Leipzig are doing. But Absolutely. then they have, a, they have a supply chain of players. You know, they'll probably sell him. As Shawnee said, you know, forty is probably too low. You might have to go 60, 65, 70. But they'll have someone else just to bring in. Can so many factors to look into yet, Keith. We've got to look into how what situation we're yeah. going to be in January, situation yeah. they're going to be in January. So there's, there's loads of times to build up. See, to this is where not going mad in this summer will help us because we only threw out about 10 or 15 million in the yeah. end. I'm, I'm here. We wanted to bring in with the Jota deal and the Thiago deal. So this gives us a little bit of room here to maneuver. And you'd probably think. 
we should be looking at a success at the Van Dyke now because it's just pre-planning for the worst, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because we still don't know what the story exactly. is. Like, so that needs, yeah. It, at the, in the summer, we all spoke about you know looking for a centre back between ten and fifteen million, and we were talking about and Dick. We were talking about Mandy. We were talking. I think that's gone. That ship, I think, has sailed. No, we need a screen yeah now. We need it. We need it. We need ready mates. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the the the, the signing of a big centre half, a big name centre half, a big money centre half that could have been a year down the line will have to be that plan will have to be brought forward six months. They're going to have to bite the bullet and and instead of doing it next summer, I think they might do it in in January. Look, I can't see Kabak happening after what he's done. To that no, player, if, I if, can't see it happening. If you've learned that about these owners and their recruitment, there's like when something is a necessity, it will be addressed and like. If they talk about uh, Upper McCann being the primary target, well, then I can't see us going for anyone else because this yeah. is just the way we've been, isn't it? Like, I, unless I know we're Lewis and Simicast, but they were different. That's, that's, a backup, yeah. that's a backup left back. You know what I mean? This is this is big. I know we don't normally, but that's why I think we may look at a loan, loan market in general. Yeah. I know it's not our way of doing it, but if we have to wait for Upper. If we, we can't get up Meccano in January, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. long we just need to make sure nobody else gets him because fuck me, as soon as that clause is active, it's going to be kills, clubs yeah. killing up from our record. Yeah. It could be, a, we have a sort of a decent relationship with, with the Red Bull group and it could be a case of do a deal for him. Say, look, we'll take him in the summer. I'll end up Yeah. That's what we're going to try to do. But let's see. Well, let's, let's see. Um, Genie 20, uh, hashtag back in your box. <laughs> uh, it says, lads, let, let's get the lads, let's get the lads to 300 likes. I don't know how many likes it's at. Um, we always say it. Hit the like button if you like what we're doing. Uh, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Um, Peter Jones says he appreciates the show tonight. He's off to make his cheese on toast. We are one subscriber short of 6,000. One subscriber oh, wow. short. So if people want to hit that subscribe button and get us over 6,000 and we'll sort out something, um, uh, we'll sort out something during the week with regards to a giveaway there. Kieran Thorne on a super chat says Klopp is already speaking to Upa Meccano. Don't worry about it. Um, he seems confident. Happy days. Um, lads, that's it. We're going to go. Um, it's been another brilliant show. Um, thanks a million to everyone for watching. And um, well done to Rajiv, uh, guessing Grizz's best, uh, cricket innings of 142. It's in the records down, um, down in Brisbane Road somewhere. Um, somewhere around Northern the Brisbane Road there. School for boys. There you go. Norrington School for boys. Down um, books said that the, the bat is hanging up in Lord's Cricket Ground at the moment. <laughs> I heard the bone. I heard the. Ah, uh, uh, listen, I don't want I'm not even going there. Do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, we're over 6,000. 6,004 subscribers. Ah, oh, Jay's is um, a great bunch of lads. All great together. lads, aren't they? Um, listen, just keep keep liking, keep sharing, keep spreading the word. You know, if you know any Liverpool fans that don't really watch stuff like this, just tell them to watch. It's about a bit of crack. We'll, we'll say what we think and um, we'll always be like that. Um, but thanks a million for the support. We're over 6,000. Avo yeah. says, congratulations. Kev O'Sullivan says the same. So does Owen. Um, a few people. Uh, Peter Jones says 6K is Belter. Um, so yeah, listen, we're trying our best. We're trying to bring you as much content as we possibly can. We're putting a lot of work in, not only on shows that you see us doing. We're doing a lot of work um, behind the scenes as well as uh, literally seven days a week, um, all hours of the day and night. Um, with regards to this week, um, tomorrow is Monday. So you're going to have the forum on that. Tomorrow is Andy, Phil, Davo makes a long-awaited return and Nilo. 
Um, there's some brilliant topics. I have to be honest with you. I, I got the topics off the lads today. They will be out in detail tomorrow, but there's some brilliant stuff going on there. Liverpool, of course, play Midtjylland on Tuesday night. So what we're going to do is we're going to do our team news on YouTube um, on Tuesday night, um, an hour before kickoff. And then we'll be back with the midweek fix after the game with the match reaction. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, nothing really happening, but you never know when it might show up. And of course, Friday be Friday forecast, which are preview of all Premier League games. Um, mostly Liverpool, though. You know how it works. Um, Shawnee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, as anybody, if anybody hasn't seen our A-team picture um, on Twitter earlier, um, I thought Grizz looked so natural. And yeah. then I looked at Shawnee and went, it's fucking it's hell. It's because my fucking real pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's from college. Uh, and then I looked at Shawnee and thought, and then I looked at Keith and went, fuck, that is Keith in the cap. Um, it's so fucking good. But Shawnee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, lads. Thanks for having us on. And Peter Jones, I, I appreciate you. Uh, that fiver is in the post, mate. No problem, no problem. And Shawnee, as of course, of head of everything, head of subscribers, Shawnee Lawson, um, would, like to, would like to thank us all for getting us over 6,000. Grizz, uh, a.k.a. BA, it's been a brilliant night. We're sorry for pointing out that you wanted Joe Gomez thrown out of Liverpool uh, Football yeah. Club and Athletic Grounds. We apologise. Have a really good, um, really good week ahead of me. Talk to you soon. Ah, oh, sorry. Ah, sorry. Um, someone did say earlier, all I can see is a floating head when I look at Grizzlies. I can't see anything below that. Obviously, um, in relation to the t shirt you're wearing. Show, is there a big logo on that one? Always a big logo. You know me and logos. Loves a massive logo. Loves a massive logo. Um, Keith, it's been a pleasure. Um, you haven't got slagged tonight over, uh, what you're wearing, <laughs> which is always no. a bonus. Um, people cool. are leaving you alone, but well, we're hardly going to come in. A BA Baracus and that way of bleeding camo, was he? Yeah, that's true. That's well, true. this is it. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't get a chance to touch on it, but I was ready for war today. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Um but nobody has, has abused Keith for what he's wearing, which is great. But we're going over six cases. So that, that could happen. Well usually usually when you wear a Barcelona top people go yeah. mental at you, don't they? And, you know, <laughs> then you then you turn up then you try and impress Peter Smith's board by wearing Columbia stuff and all. Yeah. What can he say? Gav's a football man, you know, he's he's, yeah. he's continental, he's international, yeah. you know, man of all the colours and flavours. Oh, a new top in the Benetton. Fucking Benetton. There yeah. you go. I was I was just yeah. gonna say he's probably gonna come out with a Corinthians top next week, but he's coming United out with colours of Benetton. That's the one. Right, whatever to hear. Um it's been good, it's been great, it's been the fat back for over and Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.